You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Our God and Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for the work of Restoration Academy and uh, the partnership that we share in the gospel and the children uh, uh, who you minister to through this ministry. And so, Lord, we pray that you would be with us now as uh, we hear what you are doing uh, in this ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Bethany, why don't you introduce our guest, and then we'll have you all tell us a little bit about Restoration Academy. Um, We're so excited to have Restoration Academy here. They have been partners, ministry partners with the Advent for many, many years. Um, Brian Gessling is the executive director. Um, Before that, he was on staff in a different capacity, so I'm sure he'll tell you about that. And then Ty Williams has been on staff um, for many years at Restoration as well. So I actually knew him when I was um, in development at another nonprofit. And so um, it's so great that we finally have them here to share a little bit more about their ministry. So would you just kind of start by saying a little bit about what you do and then how Restoration began. So my name is Brian Gessling. Can you all hear me? No? Okay. So I'm just going to use my big voice, my teacher voice. So I'm going to use this one. Okay. So my name is Brian Gessling. Um, this is my 11th year at Restoration Academy, um, and it's my 20th year in education. I started out uh, in urban Chicago um, and taught in the inner city there. Uh, then moved to Birmingham, had never been to Birmingham, but one of the guys I went to college with in Chicago came back here and started working at Restoration Academy. And uh, he invited me down to see Birmingham and everything. I had all my conceptions of what Alabama and Birmingham was, being a northerner, and uh, just fell in love with it. My wife and I, Lauren, um, and I, we, we fell in love with Birmingham, interviewed, and the Lord called us to Briarwood Christian School, and I was there coaching and teaching for eight years. And then um, 11 years ago, God called me over to restoration. The school began actually 31 years ago in 1988. Uh, a pastor, an African-American pastor um, who got a seminary degree from Birmingham Theological Seminary, planted a church on the east side of town. And uh, in the first couple of years, had to bury five young men in his youth group due to gang and drug violence. And on the fifth funeral, uh, one of the things that he uh, was reading in God's Word, and Luke said, a student, when they're fully grown, is going to become like their teacher. And what he discerned from that Word was, is if our kids are being taught by the streets, gangs, different things like that, they're going to become like those things. But if they're taught by the people of God, God willing, they're going to become like the people of God. And so he opened his doors 31 years ago in 1988, and 69 young men and women, K-12, through came. And... Uh, It's an amazing thing. He wasn't an educator. He didn't have a strategic plan or everything. He's just faithful to God's call in his life. And really, the first 10 years of the ministry was a rescue mission. Um, It it was just inviting students in who were in trouble with the law, might have been kicked out of public schools. Their parents might want a choice in their education to not send their students to the public schools, but rather get a Christian education. And so that was restoration. And in the last 21 years, uh, we've really risen to uh, being that, but also being accredited as well. So we're duly accredited and have been over a decade with the Association of Christian Schools International and also with Advanced Ed, which is a national accrediting body. And so uh, we're right now in our 31, 31st year of existence. Um, some of the highlights from the school is we'll have 365 students K-12 through 12 this year. 
and um, slowly growing. Uh, we just built a, an add-on to our high school, a new facility, and had to raise uh, $3.5 million to do that. And God in His faithfulness has raised up to this point 3.1. And uh, we're going to have more students than we've ever had before. Um, we had uh, 13 students graduate last year. And of those 13 students, 11 of them have completely full rides to college um, next year. Uh, and that's the 13th year in a row um, that all of our students have been accepted to college, which is very much against the uh, statistics of the city. And so God, in His faithfulness, is giving the students an educational choice that's allowing them to make choices in their life and to pursue higher education if they want to. So we're really, really grateful. I'd say another highlight from last year, uh, our college, but we also had uh, 17 students uh, prayed uh, to give their life to Jesus Christ mm -hmm. last year and made uh, professions of faith and uh, were saved last year. So Amen. it's an amazing thing just as much as the college thing. If not more, it's an eternal thing. Amen. So, Ty, you want to add anything to that? Well, uh, once again, my name is Ty Williams, and uh, actually I've been there, not, this is my 19th year, so I've seen a couple of decades of the school uh, go through there, and uh, it's just amazing how God has just orchestrated this little ministry in Fairfield for so many years to impact the lives of not just our students, but their families, but I think even more so, people such as yourselves people who give and who get involved and volunteer. I, I hear story after story of people who have said that this has actually changed uh, their lives in so many ways, being a part of, of that little ministry there in Fairfield. Uh, and uh, we're just so appreciative. And, and as Brian uh, mentioned earlier, we're just blessed to have some wonderful kids there, kids with some hard stories from, from hard mm -hmm. backgrounds. Uh, but God has truly blessed them to uh, have an opportunity to first of all get to know him uh, through the love of Christ, through some amazing teachers who, uh, believe it or not, half of, about half of our teachers live in that Fairfield community. <laughs> so they've actually become, in my eyes, urban missionaries themselves by relocating and, and uh, being a part of that community there <laughs> and being a part of the lives of those students there. Uh, but we're also blessed once again with just some amazing supporters who have enabled us uh, to impact these kids over the years and, and provide those opportunities for them, not just academic but also socially as well. Uh, that's a huge part for some of our kids, just giving them that opportunity to be exposed to, uh, to people and to opportunities outside of Fairfield, outside of those four walls of the school. Uh, letting them see, you know, what it's like to, to uh, be in a particular work environment or to have that opportunity to step on a college campus. Uh, those are great opportunities for many of our students, and we're so thankful for folks like you that provide those. Mm. Now, my assumption is that um, you're, you're at capacity and there are more children that would want to go uh, to restoration, uh, but uh, you're not able to accommodate them. So tell us a little bit about the growth and if, if there are any plans to expand. And also, what, what are your admissions criteria? So great questions. So the, the school has always been um, an evangelical school, being that you don't have to be a Christian or your parents don't have to be a Christian to come to the school. There's lots of schools in the Christian communities around the world that, that you have to sign a statement of faith or something. That's not us. Um, we are an, an open admission school, and we like to say that if we can meet you at your point of need and we have a desk, we'd love to be able to do it. 
Um, but we also have limitations being a small urban Christian school that most of our funds come about through fundraising to give students and their families an affordable access to a private education. Uh, we don't have all of the resources sometimes that the public schools have. So we're open and honest with our parents as they apply. So somebody could just come into the office, hand in an application, say, I want my son Johnny to go to the school, and uh, we'll walk him through the admissions process. A lot of our kids hear about the school through word of mouth. Uh, that's our biggest advertising that we do. And um, we are at capacity. So when I came 11 years ago, um, we had um, one and a half buildings and uh, we were at 200 students. Six years ago, uh, the state of Alabama passed uh, what's called the Alabama Accountability Act. I don't know if you heard that of, of that, that law or not, but um, it pretty much it, it allowed you or a business to give up to 50% of your taxable Alabama state tax income to uh, an, an independent uh, organization, a scholarship granting organization, and students who were zoned for failing schools could then apply for those scholarships, they could receive them and make a choice as to what school they would like to attend that wasn't failing. And so we looked around our school and we said, you know what, a lot of our students are going to qualify for this. They're either going to be zoned for a failing school or they're going to meet certain socioeconomic levels. And this was a whole new revenue stream that our students were now empowered to make a choice as to where they're going to go to school. I don't have to go to the school I was zoned for. I can now choose. And one of the things that restoration has is we have a school right in the middle of a failing school district. And so it allowed our students to be able to do that. So our, our students are coming from normally Birmingham City and West, Bessemer, Midfield, uh, Wylam, Ensley, West Birmingham, uh, that's where a majority of our students are coming from. Um, you're going to get into Restoration Academy, um, and we want to be able to meet you at the point of your need. So if, you, um, if we can meet you and we can stretch on that, we would love to have you in the school. Did I answer everything? What was uh, the other part? The expansion. Well, um, I don't know. Did God speak to you before we got here? Because we've actually expanded. Yeah. Uh, God has blessed us with a new middle school arts building. Uh, we, we attempted to look at some other uh, opportunities there right around the city of Fairfield to expand. Uh, but unfortunately, every door was closed on us. Mm. And so um, one afternoon when one of our board members, we were walking away, he said, well, at least we own this parking lot. Maybe we can just build right there. And so that's exactly what we did. We added on to our parking lot. So we now have a new 6th through 8th grade uh, building there uh, attached to our high school where our ninth and 12th graders are. And it will allow us the capacity to grow to as many as 500 students or so. So we're really excited about that. Yeah, and, and, and we do have more students per grade than we can take. Um, there's a waiting list almost in every grade. Uh, I have enough students right now. We've, when the Alabama Accountability Act hit, we decided, the board decided, that we were going to grow slowly. So we would add our second kindergarten. We would add a second first grade the following year, a second second grade. And so right now we are up to K through 7 doubled. And we're on a slow growth trajectory. And that, that's to really try to keep our climate and our culture consistent and stable and not just have a huge influx of students that would tip things. Um, we, we really, over 31 years, God's allowed us to build that into our school, and it's been very healthy. Um, but I, right now, I've got enough K 
kids to do two eighth grades and two ninth grades if I had teachers and if, if we were going to go that way. But it's, uh, it's really neat to see God do it. And then after that, who knows? Um, we might have another campus and another part of town, but there's a lot of need in um, school systems. Tell us a little bit about uh, how God has used Restoration Academy uh, to minister to Fairfield itself and some of the stories of the kids uh, over the years that have come through and uh, what's God doing with them now, those who have graduated and gone on? Um, that's a big question. Um, I'll, I'll take a couple and then you can take a couple that God puts on your heart. So um, Fairfield's a pretty, um, it, it's a pretty hard place right now. If you've read about it in the news, a lot of the taxable um, income streams for the city have gone. Um, a lot of businesses, mainly Walmart, if you've heard, they left. And so that was their biggest tax stream. Um, they've had to shut down a lot of the government programs um, that you would normally have in a city. Um, so they've reduced the police force. Very few police cars are there now. They've reduced the fire um, department force. Uh, parks and Recreation uh, doesn't even exist. It's on a volunteer basis. And so any service that you would receive in parks and recreation, including just mowing fields and things like that, don't exist anymore. So the field that's right across the street from our school, we get volunteers to mow it um, just to try to help us out so our kids can play in the park. Um, a lot of the realities that you would think about in a normal city are not there. And so there's a lot of, it's just hard. It's really hard. There's been a lot of infighting politically uh, with our, our city council and our mayor, if you've kept up with that. And it's just been a really, really hard season for Fairfield. Um, I think probably one of the best things that we've done as a school is just stay there. Mm. Just stay there. Um, a lot of people are like, hey, you know what, we can give you a property here, or we could do this, and we can move the school there. And we just really felt led of the Lord just to stay and be a light. Um, when we started the new construction for the middle school building that Ty was telling you about, I cannot tell you how many residents came up and said, this is awesome. <laughs> just growth. The last piece of new construction in Fairfield is when the Walmart that had just left was built. Mm. And the one that was before that was our high school when it was built 15 years ago. So you can understand that it's just a really hard place. And so hopefully our presence there would be a, a wonderful one. Um, what we do provide for students is um, access to choice. So I'll give you a story. Um, first day of school two years ago, um, you know, you're going through the normal things for your first day of school. You drop your students off. We're on the corner. We're greeting kids. We're really excited about the first day of school. I have a dad speed up, stop, get out of the car, and he says, you have to let my son into your school. And I said, what do you, what do you mean? Are you enrolled? And he said, no. He said, uh, it's my son's first day in ninth grade over at the high school. And um, I drove up, and when I drove up, there was a gang fight in front of the school. And I immediately, I just kept going. And I was trying to figure out what schools are around here that I could send my son to. And he pulled up to our school and just begged. At the time, we didn't have any more desks. We didn't have any more books. I had to turn this gentleman away. 
In subsequent years, last year, we had a similar story, and we were allowed to let the student in because we had a space. But what that does is allowing parents to have a choice in their kids' education adds life and ownership to their families and to communities. Um, lots of wonderful graduation stories. Okay? Um, I'll, I'll name a couple of them. Uh, one student that graduated in the early 90s, he grew up in the area, uh, really rough situations. Parents found out about Restoration Academy. He came to the school. He was a discipline problem. He got withdrawn from the school from some, from some severe discipline problems, was then allowed to come back after a season away, ended up graduating from the school, went on to a Bible college, accepted Christ as his Savior, moved into the city of Fairfield, got married. He lived right down the street from the school. Since then, moved away. He's had kids. He has been involved in security, police officer uh, training uh, the past couple years. He's a Birmingham police officer. He came to me at the beginning of last year. He said, hey, my kids are in your school, which is an amazing thing. To have a graduate come and put their students in your school mm -hmm. is an amazing thing. My kids are in your school, and you don't have a school resource officer. I would like to start that program. Okay, tell me what you got, Rodney. He literally had put together a proposal for a new school resource officer program so we could have a policeman on campus patrolling our block, which both of our high school and elementary schools are on, and he came up with a budget and all the statistics and everything. I, I literally took his proposal to our board of directors, our next board meeting, and I said, look, this isn't in our budget. Do you all want to go for it? Absolutely. Voted unanimously. And now Rodney Ellis, a former graduate, is a police officer on our staff at Restoration Academy and is helping our school become safe. And he's serving on the Birmingham City Police Force. Just one story. Uh, Ty sent me an article yesterday. One of our graduates who used to play football from us, he had an article written about him. He's signed with the Miami Dolphins, and he's playing football down in Miami. Um, crazy story. Uh, we have another graduate. Um, he, was, uh, he was a nerd, is, is what you would call him, <laughs> at a local public school. He was bullied because of that. Mm. Bullied. Came very broken to our school and found a place of peace. Graduated, got a five on his AP calculus test, crazy, awesome, good score, got into Auburn, wanted to do software engineering, he got a full ride to Auburn, everything was paid for, graduated from Auburn, and now he's working for one of our former board members at Blue Cross Blue Shield doing software engineering for them, and moved back to help his mom who lives in the community around us. Okay, just a couple stories. Okay, you want to add to that, Ty? I mean, I think just one is just to also give you guys an indication of the the great partnerships that we have there in the Fairfield community, along with foundations, which I'm sure you guys are familiar with, uh, the Love Lady Center, and then Grace House. And uh, love to share this story about one of our. Uh, uh, former Grace House uh, resident uh, and also a Restoration Academy graduate, I can recall when she first came there, she was a rough case, really hard. Uh, this young lady had gone through quite a bit. Uh, she almost 
actually got kicked out at some point. But um, God just kind of turned the corner there for her. Uh, she loved to write, beautiful poet. Uh, she actually shared a, a few of our luncheons. Uh, well, this young lady went on to graduate. She went down to Montevallo. She graduated in social work. And just this past spring, received her master's degree in social work from the University of Alabama. And now she wants to go back and help young ladies like she was helped along the way. That's definitely um, uh, uh, just a beautiful story of God's just redemption and uh, taking this young lady and giving her an opportunity to give back and help others in that same regards. So I love hearing stories, too, about parental involvement in this because I think that might be um, maybe one of our biases. We think, well, if the children aren't doing well, it's because the parents don't care. And as you all know, that's obviously not the case. So can you share a little bit about what it's like to be a parent of students that are living in Fairfield and then how restoration reaches out um, to really walk with the family? Um, so I have awesome parents at the school. Okay, and if, if you read in the news or statistics and things, you would think otherwise. But um, by and large, I see so many of our parents in the cities caring a ton. And they're just like you and me. They care about their kids, and they want their kids to have the best. And they want their kids to be safe. Um, one of the things that uh, you, you, you do surveys and you, you try to find out, and they do national surveys, is what's the number one reason that people send their kids to certain schools, particularly in the city. Anyone know it? Now with restoration, you would think uh, college graduation rate, scholarships. That's what I would think. You know what the number one reason is? Safety. Safety. You think of hierarchy of needs, college scholarship is not on the foundational level of those it's actually survival and wanting to be safe and want your kids to be safe so our parents want the best for their kids they want their students to be safe they make sacrifices to come to our school everybody pays something to come to restoration academy we want everybody to have some skin in the game we call it a shared sacrifice our cost per student is a little bit under ten thousand dollars okay but our parents pay anywhere from 50 to 75 to 100 to 150 dollars a month for 10 months. That's it. We go and raise the rest of the money or pry for scholarships for the rest of the money. It's a shared sacrifice. You know the other thing they sacrifice for, and this is what our parents do, is at the public schools you can actually get free breakfast and lunch, or reduce price breakfast and lunch through the uh, free and reduced lunch program. It's a national program. So they're leaving that. We don't have that yet. We're in the process of trying to do that and provide that for our students. But just that, breakfast and lunch for your kids, 180 days a year, that's a sacrifice. And so they make that sacrifice. But they also sacrifice their time. They're going to come in. We, we have uh, volunteer lists to be a part of the school, be a part of the class, to come help and tutor, to do different things at the school. We have parents that come all the time because they want to be involved in their kids' education. They really care about it. But some can. Some are working really hard just trying to make it, paycheck to paycheck, and we understand that. They make sacrifices, and they want their students in restoration, but because of that, they've got to make some sacrifices. And they got to work more. 
And so we try to come alongside those parents and try to make those realities good for them. But we try to give access any way we can to parents to get involved in the school. And we're, we're trying to become better and better at that. We're trying to become better and better at that because we want to empower them to do that. We just come alongside parents. That's all schools do. They are the primary disciplers of their students. We come alongside them and we just help support them in what they're trying to do. Well, what we also see, unfortunately, that's occurring right now is an alarming number of grandparents that are having to step in and raise their grandchildren. I mean, just asking some of you right now, could you picture that, having to go back and raise a kindergartner or first grader, elementary student all over again after your kids are gone and grown? And unfortunately, we have several grandparents who are going through that. Um, I do have a funny story about one of those situations that did happen uh, a while back. Uh, a young man who was raised by his grandmother, uh, actually uh, his mother was out in California. She moved him uh, here to Alabama to stay with the grandmother. And um, this young man had graduated and was preparing to go off to school, actually to the University of Alabama. Um, we were all excited for him and our college and career counselor who was a graduate of Alabama, uh, this was around late June, early July. Just asked him, she said, well, are you ready? You all set to go? He said, yeah, I'm excited getting this and this. And she said, so where are you staying? He was like, I don't know. I guess I'll find out once I show up on campus. She was like, show up? You're supposed to do housing and all of that before <laughs> you even head down. This young man had no clue because his grandmother didn't go to college, his mother didn't go, nobody in his family had ever went to college. So once he received that acceptance letter, he thought everything else was taken care of. <laughs> and so thank God that our guidance counselor, our career, uh, college and career counselor had some connections. She was, by the grace of God, able to find this young man a place to stay. Otherwise, he probably would have been uh, pitching a tent right there in the middle of campus there trying to figure out where he was going to stay. But it's just like I said, when you have uh, so many grandparents now, unfortunately, that are having to go through that again, uh, there are some things that we're thankful for that Restoration Academy we're able to come alongside and help out with. So, questions out there? You have a question? Okay, you can have one more. I'll do one more question. What's that? Repeat that for right. us, Brian. So w one of the things that we also have at the school that we, we failed to mention, but uh, we, we hired a um, child and family counselor. Uh, she's a Ph.D. African-American woman named Paulette Rowe, um, Dr. Paulette Rowe. And uh, she started out volunteering as she was in school and uh, completed her master's, Ph.D. But one of the things that we have is we have an office for her, and I'm actually looking to hire another African-American male counselor but we offer counseling to our students and their families free of cost. So there's a lot of our families that are going through things. Just like all of our families in this room, they go, you go through things. They're really, really hard. We might go and hire a counselor, and you know that counselor might be $120 an hour. Our parents can't afford to pay that. But one of the things that our school does is say, that's important. We need to minister to these emotional and spiritual and deep wounds, not just the academic things that are going on, which are important, but the whole person that's made in the image of God. And so she has a huge job at the school and will meet with parents, students, extended family to try to counsel students through those different wounds that they're going through to help 
that broken record kind of move past that scratch that's happened in their life. And so that's a huge part of our ministry is trying to holistically um, give parents what they need or they might not be able to afford um, to, to, to restore things. Um, I know people might have other questions, so I wanted to kind of do a wrap-up question. What are some ways that the Advent, as we talk about with our ministry partners, what it looks like to go deeper? You know, we we have, as you all probably know, that we make a financial commitment to restoration every year and have for many years, but partnership is not just writing a check. And so what could that look like as a church? What could it look like for the individuals and families that are out here? Um, well, of course, we do appreciate the uh, the donations. Um, definitely, greatly appreciate it. We do have several volunteer opportunities um, uh, on campus as well uh, to come out and help tutor uh, with anything from just basic flashcards to uh, basic math on up to those of you that uh, would love to do physics and, and APKL. We we have a, a need for that. Um, we also have a, a need for mentors. Uh, we partner with another uh, organization called the Aspire Movement uh, to help provide mentors in the life of these kids. Uh, but we also have another opportunity for uh, small groups or businesses uh, to come along that we call RA Life. And it's basically like an adopt-a-class program where you come in and you help provide all the cupcakes and goodies and stuff for the Christmas parties and things like that uh, to also helping out uh, partnering with that teacher and helping supply uh, supplies that she may need for her classroom. And so that's called our RA Life program. And then we're also um, uh, expanding uh, opportunities to help out, to help expose our kids to a particular career uh, goals and career opportunities. Uh, we're looking for businesses that would be willing to partner with us and maybe allow students to uh, shadow or intern uh, with them as well, uh, either during the course of the school year or over the summer. And uh, just once again, just uh, just coming out and just being a part of the life of the school. So, so I, I'm going to give more of a theological thing, hopefully that would challenge you maybe where you are, but. Um, I was blessed just to be a part of your service. I've never worshipped with you all here, and, and the Lord just blessed me and spoke to me in a lot of ways this morning. But um, we're all in this game together. Okay, Jesus Christ died um, for all of us here in the city. Um, and uh, I hope we would think of it as our city. Mm. Okay, It's not just Mountain Brook, Vestavia, Homewood, Birmingham City, Fairfield, Ensley. It's, it's one big city. And when one part of the city hurts, the other part should hurt as well. If you read in the news this morning, I woke up and there, there was someone killed in Fairfield last night. Does that make us hurt? But in the scripture reading this morning, um, you know, the, the, the Lord spoke about you know, the resources that He's given us and what are we doing with them? Are we being rich towards God? Or are we just being rich towards ourselves? And the cool thing is, is when Jesus rose, okay, He gave gifts to men and He blesses men and women in all sorts of different ways. And every single one of you has things that another person doesn't have to be used for the kingdom. And I find that people are most fulfilled in life when they're taking that which God's given them and using it for His kingdom because it's an eternal thing. There are needs that are in Fairfield that you might have gifts to help with. But also Fairfield has things, people, 
resources, different sorts of things that can help you where you are. It's mutually transformative, I like to tell people who come out to the school. Step into those places. And sometimes it's really awkward. Like, I don't know if I'd go to Fairfield because of the shooting that happened last night. And there are some of those realities. But push into those awkward places and watch Jesus show up. Our sister who preached this sermon, one of her things is she said, corruption's being reversed. When the resurrection happens, corruption will be reversed. But here's the beautiful thing about the kingdom of God and us is we can do things by loving God and loving people to show different little signposts along the way of what the new reality is going to be like. When you go out to Fairfield and you sow into students and a student is getting a quality education that they weren't getting before, that's corruption being reversed. Just a little bit of signpost of what eternity is going to be like. When you use your gifts in different areas or your resources in different areas that you're giving and not just receiving, that's corruption being reversed. So let's all just be signposts. Wherever God places us and wherever God calls us, we have some material that we'd love to give you and tell you how to get involved. Uh, we have an immersion program too that will get you involved in different ways and however you'd want to go deep. There are endless possibilities to get involved with the school. With almost 400 kids, all the different realities and educational realities and everything that we have. So there's a lot of wide open stuff. We're at time. If you do want to find out about the school and just come out for a really, really great step in the water, put your toes in the water, we have a luncheon on the first Thursday of every month from 12 to 1 o'clock at the school. If you go to our website, you can sign up for it. We'll provide lunch for you. We'll take you around the school. We'd love to show you around. Our first lunch that we're going to have is the first Thursday of September. And it'll be, it'll be September the 5th. Okay? But then there's some in October and November and December too. So we'd love to have you out to the school. I'm going to ask Brian and Ty to, uh, after this, go into Clingman Commons. So if you have questions or you want to make a connection with them, please do. Uh, grab a cup of coffee and chat with them and we usher them in. But uh, let's, uh, let's pray for these dear brothers and the ministry that they're a part of. Uh, Lord, the man asked you, uh, who is my neighbor? And Lord, um, it's easy for us to get caught up in our own realities and and our immediate surroundings, forgetting that uh, the dear people who live in Fairfield, uh, whom you died for, uh, are our neighbors. And so, Lord, we pray that you would move our hearts in such a way that uh, our hearts would be much bigger than they are right now. And, Lord, that you might even speak to those of us who are here sitting in the pews or even up front uh, as to how you might use us to be signposts to point toward your son Jesus in eternity. And so, Lord, we pray that you would bless uh, Restoration Academy, that they would go from strength to strength, that you would plow up hard hearts uh, of the students and uh, even those in the community in Fairfield, uh, that the seeds of the gospel might be sown and take deep root and grow unto fruition uh, to the glory of your name. And, Lord, that uh, you uh, might continue to use us in, in partnerships, as Bethany said, that go deep. And, Lord, we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.